Buenos dias. Hi, my name is Clark Van Deventer and welcome to the podcast Dealing With 40. All right, just like that, I'm 40. And I've had a really hard time with hitting this mile marker in life. Well, not so much a hard time. I've just spent a lot of time processing where I'm at in life compared to where I thought I'd be and thinking about what the road ahead looks like. To help me in that process, I'm interviewing men and women who've climbed a little higher. And I don't necessarily mean higher as in ladder of success, although many of these people have climbed pretty high. I just mean they're older, all right? They've climbed a little higher. And these are interesting and thoughtful people, people I respect, and I am interested in their perspective. I want them to tell me what they see. So this is like the ultimate personal development project. And through the podcast, you get to go on the journey with me. Today, my guest is David Wright. All right, Dr. Wright is the ninth president of Indiana Wesleyan University. Prior to becoming president, Dr. Wright served as IWU's first provost and chief academic officer and helped develop Wesley Seminary at IWU, the School of Nursing, the School of Health and Sciences, the Ron Blue Institute for Financial Planning, and uh, National Conversations, a series of dialogues about society's well-being. Early in his career at IWU, Wright led the university's entry into online education and initiated the regional campus development strategy that helped IWU become Indiana's largest private university. Outside his tenure at IWU, Wright served as Dean of the School of Theology at Azusa Pacific University and served in theological education ministries with the Wesleyan Church in England and Haiti. All right, Wright earned his Doctor of Philosophy from the University of Kentucky and a Master of Arts from George Fox University. He did his undergrad at Indiana Wesleyan. Dr. Wright uh, grew up in the Philippines where his parents were missionaries and he's a pilot. All right, now, I'm a graduate of Indiana Wesleyan University myself, so Maybe who's president at your alma mater doesn't matter to you, but to us, it does, all right? At IWU, we're a close-knit bunch, all right? And I've known Dr. Wright since I was an undergraduate. Our paths have intersected occasionally over the years, and I am just delighted to be able to have this discussion with him today. So, Dr. Wright, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me on, uh, Clark. This is, uh, this is fun just to have a chance to Touch base with you again, and uh, I think your topic is really fascinating. Looking forward to the conversation. Well, I I appreciate just the way you've you've kind of at different times over the past few months interjected yourself in my life as I've just shared a few uh, posts on Facebook <laughs> indicating my my struggle with this, and you know I've struggled uh, a bit with where I'm at in my life at 40. Um, did you? deal with feelings like this at all around the time that you were 40? That's a great question. Uh, looking back on those years, uh, let's see, I'd have to do a little math in, in my brain to see where I was, but uh, I think when I came to work at Indiana Wesleyan University in 1994, I would have been about 38, 39 years old, and uh, that did represent, I didn't really know it at the time, but it represented uh, really a clear shift in direction in my career. Mm -hmm. uh, so I was leaving international work. I, I just come from four years in England doing theological education, established a, a, a small uh, program there for, for the Wesleyan churches, which are primarily African-Caribbean churches in England. 
uh, immigrant mm -hmm. families. And, uh, and uh, my kids got to the age where we had to decide whether to raise them in the British system, the high school system, or the US system. And we decided, well, let's go back to the States and kind of get our oldest daughter through high school and we'll see how it goes from there. And, uh, and lo and behold, I had the opportunity to come to work at our alma mater, Indiana Western University at that point in time. So it did represent a shift from international work from smaller nonprofit organizations into uh, what was at that time really beginning to be a large uh, and fast growing institution. So here's what I remember about those years. Uh -huh. I don't remember so much uh, struggling with turning 40. Uh, and I didn't really think of it in those terms, but I did struggle with the tremendous challenge of what that stage in my career represented. Uh, yeah, the, uh, the challenges that were coming to me professionally and personally, and we can unpack some of those a little bit more if you'd like to. But, but yeah, I remember that as a really pivotal time in my life, uh, a sense of embarking on uh, on what was going to be a really important journey. I, I didn't know all it would hold, obviously, but I knew it was important. Feeling real challenged about that. Yeah, uh, wondering if I had what it took to do this next part of the stretch. So, so yeah, a really important time. Uh, yeah, so 40 is an, I mean, it's such an arbitrary number, although it is an even number, but um, so I, I found in conversations with people that for some people, this, this happens at 38, for some people it's 45. So the number is arbitrary, but it's like this experience is real, right? Of what have I done with my life and where am I going? Yeah, I think it, I think it really is. You know, I remember many times in my 20s and 30s, I, I had a very rich uh, couple of decades there, the 20s and 30s. I, I did a lot of things, went many places in the world. I got married, had my kids, uh, had some great positions, uh, wrote two books in that period of time. So it wasn't like I was idle, but right. But I could never really see the thread. I didn't know what it was becoming. Uh, I was just kind of taking it as it came. And uh, didn't really have a clear plan for the stretch of the journey. Uh, you, yeah. I didn't really have a plan for my, my finances, my, my family's finances. I didn't, wasn't really thinking in terms of career development. Uh, <laughs> and, and there were a lot of times I wondered, what is this amounting to? Am I really taking advantage of the gifts that God has given me, the opportunities God gave me? Uh, and uh, so, yeah, it is, a real, it, it is a real phenomenon that I think people work through. It, well, this is just fascinating to me because here, I mean, you're the, you're the president of the largest private school in, in Indiana. And you're basically telling me <laughs> at, at 40 or in your 30s, you weren't really thinking about career development, <laughs> right? So it's not like you floundered, right? But... No, you, but I'll tell you what happened. Uh, I, after I got here to Indiana Wesleyan University and... and uh, I moved into the part of the university that has to do with adult learning and uh, off campus. Mm -hmm. And that's where we developed the online programs and all of that. But uh, I began to realize that I needed a plan. I didn't have yeah. a plan. And, I and how I, old are you at this time? Like, yeah, so yeah. I, was probably, I was probably almost exactly 40. I mean, yeah. not to make this up for your show, but I, <laughs> I was probably, I had been here about a year, year and a half. So I would have been in, I would have been 40 or maybe 41. And, so here's what happened. I went to a, a conference out in Phoenix. We, we had a, a company that we worked with a lot in Phoenix, and they arranged for us to be at a, 
in a major conference there. And that conference did have some element of, uh, of career development, professional development in it. And, and it, it was the first time I began to really think about, you know what, I should, I should really think more carefully. I should put a plan mm. together. Mm -hmm. And uh, now I had, I had already been, I had that mindset of creating plans, but the plans were just, they were, they were random. You know, they, they were about yeah. the things I was doing. It, it wasn't an overarching thing for my life. So here's what happened. Uh, that conference was in June. And I began a process of you know, seriously thinking about my, the purpose of my life, mm -hmm. the values that informed what I did, my own sense of mission, and then yeah. the goals that I was going to lay out, uh, really, you know, being a, a person of strong faith uh, right. in, in conversation with God, but what should those plans be? And so I do that. I've done that every year since then in June. I try to do it every June. I, I, and I've got, I've got written plans that I, I haven't uh, revised them or rewritten them every June, but I go over them and uh, that became a very formative yeah. process for me. And it began, I, I would say I was, it was, I was either 40 or 41 that summer. Okay. So at, at 40 about, let's say you, you start to get very intentional. Talk to me about your ambitions early in life. You know, I didn't really, well, that's a great question. I, I, I never had career aspirations. I, so it, it was never on the radar that I would be a university president, let alone the president of my alma mater. And as you say, uh -huh. you know, a, a well-established university here in Indiana, that was not on my radar screen. In fact, for most of my career, I really didn't want to do that. Even as I started moving up in administrative roles, more responsible roles in higher ed, I never had my eye on the presidency, hmm. uh, but I, I, I always loved ideas. Uh, I loved, I loved, you know, the, the, the play of ideas, the play of words. I loved the learning process. Uh, I loved trying out my ideas. Um, so, you know, hence the, the writing that I did over the years, uh, the teaching that I did. I loved, uh, I loved inter interacting with people of different cultures. Mm -hmm. which expanded my, my repertoire. Of course, having grown up in the Philippines and being 15 when we moved to the U.S., that was sort of my, my default was uh, cross-cultural exposure and learning. But, but all of those things uh, were really important to me. And my aspirations were not career-oriented. They were experience-oriented. Uh, okay, okay. Idea-oriented, people-oriented. Huh. So... That's interesting. So you were you were ambitious for experience, but not for power. Is that a good way to put it? Certainly not for power. That really didn't enter into my mind. Uh, um, and and I think this is something that I, as I read some of your your Facebook musings and whatnot, uh, and when I dropped you a couple notes, this is what yeah. it triggered for me. I I, I thought, man, I, I recognize that. Hmm. That stage, I recognize in you the things you pursued because I think in a lot of ways, as I watched your career over the last 15, 20 years, I think you've done similar things. You've you've had amazing experiences, and, right? And you've done a lot with yourself in terms of your, your personal growth and development, and that's the way it was for me. It was yeah, I, I was hungry for those experiences. I, I hated being bored. Right. I, didn't, I didn't want to stay in one place too long, not because I didn't like the places I 
where I lived or where I worked. It was just, I wanted more experiences. I wanted more breadth. And I didn't have a sense of what that would all come together to create in time, yeah. but, but, but that, that was my aspiration. You gave me, gave me this, um, you said something in a, in a Facebook comment that really um, was important to me. And it was this, it was this like exciting moment um, because one of the things I've struggled with over the past few years has been uh, that I, my career got off to such a fast start and I did these great things, quote unquote, and, and wow, those are pretty far back in the rear view mirror now. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and I've wondered, it's like these big things that, that are part of my resume. It's like, that's not like three years ago. That's like 12 years ago now. Right. And, and those things just keep getting smaller in the rearview mirror. And it was like realizing that, Oh wow, that stuff I did 12 years ago. That that's not, that doesn't define me. And you talked about how when you moved back to Indiana, you were 38 and you had done these things in your life that at that point had defined you. But, you don't think like when I, when you, we give the resume of Dr. Wright now, we don't really talk so much about what you did when you were 33 years old, <laughs> you know? Um, and it was, I don't know, it just helped me to realize that I still have a lot of life before me and that all the stuff I've done, it, it's not the stuff I did. It's the stuff that was preparing me for something. Well, I still don't know, but something. So I don't know if that makes sense. It does make sense. Uh, by the way, just, uh, that triggers a, a, a remembrance of mine. My greatest mentor, career-wise, was uh, Dr. Jim Barnes, and I know, I know you know Dr. Barnes, and and I don't know if you've interviewed him yet on your show, but uh, he he taught me more about what it means to be a senior administrator at a university than any other single person. Though I had other wonderful people I learned from over the years. Uh -huh. but, Dr. Barnes is an amazing person. He was a genius president. There were things he did that I, I wouldn't do, can't do, because I'm not him. Uh -huh. I'm my own person. But, but I often wonder, I often think to that, I mean, how would Dr. Barnes handle this? So he told me something one time that was really interesting. He said his best years in the presidency were in his second decade. And yeah. uh, what it reminds me of is that uh, we probably don't have a long enough timeline uh, when we think about our career, we tend to think in smaller chunks as we have to. Uh -huh. I don't think it's wise to live in the future. You have to live in the present, pardon me. <clears throat> but um, but it's a, it was a great reminder to me that um, we can't see what will come down the road as we're faithful to the things that come our way in the present. And uh, the more we accomplish in the present, it sets us up for, lays a foundation for what comes in the future. Yeah. And, uh, and I think that's what happened in my life in the, in the, the 20s and 30s. There's no way that I would have been prepared to take on the responsibility that people offered to me here at Indiana Wesleyan without the experiences and the personal learning and discipline and growth that came to me, particularly in the, in the 30s. And some of those are very hard experiences. Uh, they were not always pleasant or, or easy learning experiences. Um, so yeah, I want I, I wanted to hear, encourage you and anybody that's listening that uh, it's almost as though things as we as we accomplish these things, there are two trajectories that happen. 
One is the actual work we're given to do. And we create, hopefully we create good for other people and for ourselves, for our family, uh, the product of what we're spending our time on. But the other yeah. thing that's happening is that we are getting tuned, we're getting prepared, developed, uh, often in ways that are imperceptible to us. Because we're too yeah. close to the action, we can't really see what's happening to us. But then maybe 10 years later, you say, wow, if I hadn't had that experience back then, there's something I learned there. If I hadn't had that experience, I would not be prepared for what I'm, for what I'm doing right now. And uh, right. I, that's a reality. I, so I try to keep that perspective, right? This broad perspective of all these things that I'm learning, right? And all these experiences that I'm having are, are preparing me for, for my life's work, right? And then there's this pressure on, well, when is this life's work going to come, right? I think that, that it finds you. I really do believe that it finds you, and and it's all about the kind of person you are. Uh, I, I don't I don't want to get too mystical or kind of uh, make your make your listeners get worried here, but <laughs> there's there's something about if you're if you're a person of strong faith, there's something about the way that God enters into this journey in our lives and and uh, brings things to us. Uh, if you're not a person of faith, I think the same thing to some degree happens. And that is, I've heard people say it, that, that the universe, the universe mm -hmm. brings you things. Right. Uh, but, I, but I think what happens is that the more you prepare yourself, that you're alert, you're observant, you're prepared, uh, you're, you're faithful to the opportunities that come your way. Um, you know, as a follower of Christ, I, I believe God, uh, God brings you then the things that God trusts you with. And yeah. it isn't so much about you having to orchestrate and find that great work of yours. God will find you and bring you that work. Um, and, and you may not even see the greatness of the work until later on in the journey, and then it will appear. I, I, don't, I don't know if that's too mystical for you, Clark, but I really believe that. So um, kind of in my transition or in my my storyline there's this moment there, there was a transition a couple of years ago where i felt like i had had been um i created this great life for myself right my family and i we had traveled around the world and and done lots of fun things had lots of great experiences but i wanted to dig in and do good work right and i developed this mantra like a life of leisure is not a worthy goal right i need to i need to do something, right? I need to build something. And I got obsessive over this idea. And you kind of used this terminology just a second ago about this. What is God trusted, entrusted to me? And it was like, I am going to do really well with whatever God has entrusted to me. And how can I do that today? And I, I got obsessive about production, right? And being productive with every minute of my day. And Where's, so when you think about disciplining yourself and cultivating the gifts that God has given you, how do you, how do you find balance? And I don't mean balance in terms of, of do I have appropriate amount of work time and family time? I, I mean balance in terms of perspective and peace that I don't have to, it's, God isn't necessarily interested in how much I accomplish today. You know what I mean? Oh, I, I really do. I really do. And, and uh, I think this is a struggle for 
for people who, who take this seriously, uh, one way to talk about it is the, the drivenness quotient in your life. Uh, yeah. Some people are more driven than others. Uh, I think all people are driven in some ways. Mm -hmm. And uh, that, that leads to, it's a tremendous tool in our lives, but it, but it can lead to dysfunction and destruction as well. It can destroy you, it can destroy your, your mind, your body, it can destroy relationships, your, your family. So yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a really powerful, it's like money. M money, is, money is a wonderful tool, but a terrible master. And mm -hmm. uh, so here's, here's, here's the way I do this. Uh, I go back to that, that sense of um, calling. When I was, that first time I did this, when I was, let's say, 41 years old, Mm -hmm. June uh, of that year. So this would have been about 1995 or six. I, I made myself work until I could write out what I felt my life's mission was. And I still have that. It sits on in my, in my binder on my shelf in my office and I pull it out and look at it every now and then. Uh -huh. I, I had to, and that was a long, that was a process. That's not something you, you do really quickly. But I, I tried to write down for sure, Lord, show me what is the mission of my life. And uh, so, so I did that. Then I, I also wrote, wrote out values. What are the things that I won't compromise as I pursue that mission? And then I tried to think about, okay, what are you giving me that I will do to enact that mission? And then from there, I could identify plans for achieving each of those things. And as long as I keep my eyes on that, it, yeah. it, that's what creates the balance in my life. What I find is that imbalance comes from anxiety and fear, and, um, or, or it can come from, sometimes it can come from greed, like I'm, I'm not getting enough, I want to get more. Yeah. It's the negative things that drive imbalance. The balance comes when we have a clear view, this is my mission, this is what my sense of calling is, this is... These are the values I'm going to follow as I live it out. Here are the things that I'm actually been given and entrusted to do right now. I'm going to make my best plans I can for those things. I'm going to put markers out there that I want to achieve. And then my work every day is, is the best I can do to organize myself to achieve those things. Uh, now, that's how it works for me. Mm -hmm. I don't know that everybody would do it that way, but that's how I, that's how I know what I'm supposed to be up to and, yeah. and how I balance out so that I can, at the end of the day, I can say, yeah, I didn't quite get where I wanted to do, but, but I, but I'm on track. I'm on track for right. what I'm supposed to be doing. When we think about balance in terms of, of all the pieces of our life, uh, whether it's family or work or for me, I'm really into running and cycling. Um, one thing I've noticed in myself over the past two years. And I, I just want to be honest about this, lay, lay it out there and hear your reaction, is that I have noticed that when I am with my kids, and you know that being a good dad is important to me, when I'm with my kids, I'm less present than I used to be. That I, my mind is still on my work and the challenges of the day. I'm not as carefree with my kids as I was five years ago. Do you go through times like this? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I can think back on times when I regret that I wasn't present when I should have been present, uh, uh, both with my kids and with my wife. Um, 
so yeah, I think I think that is definitely for any of us, uh, a man or woman who has a clear sense of calling and has a has a pathway and and uh, is being faithful to the, the things we've been given to do. Yeah, I think I think you face that, but I also think it's part of the maturing process uh, for mm-hmm. us. We don't know how to do all things well immediately yeah. when we're confronted with them, and um, it's it is part of part of the, I guess you'd call it a life skill to understand when you get into a certain stretch of your journey and you really are, you've been given something really important to do that is consuming in its own way. Yeah. Uh, To know how to be faithful to that and do that while also honoring being faithful to uh, the relationships, the other relationships that are in your life because. And it's, and it's not as simple as budgeting time, right? Because I'm, I'm only working so many hours and like, it's just a priority. It's like, uh, you know, I'm done working for the day. I'm going to go spend time with my family, but then I go and spend time with my family. And I just, I find that I'm not as engaged because my mind is, even though I've, I've scheduled the time, I'm not there. Yeah. That's, that's really, it's not, not just about time management. Is it? It's about managing our attention, manage our emotions, ourselves. uh, And, uh, you know, it's a, uh, it's. It, I don't mean to be judgmental, but it's easy for us to be self-indulgent in that sense uh, hmm. and excuse our lack of attention to the relationships because what we're doing is so important. Right. And, uh, but I try to use that just as motivation to to be faithful. And I've negotiated that in my own in my own career. Um, I didn't get into the stretch of the journey where I was. Um, where I was really facing that mm-hmm. until my kids were a little bit older. They were in junior high and high school when I really began to be in positions that were that consuming to me. Now, yeah. It wasn't that I was doing unimportant things before, but I could manage the, the, those demands much better. Yeah. Uh, so it was, it was, there was, they didn't want me all the time, you know? They, yeah. Right. And I'm there with my son now who's 12. I'm realizing yes. I need to get him space. <laughs> you know, yeah. And but my but we've my, had to, like, so my wife and I, we we've had to uh, actively talk through this and negotiate. What, when are the times that uh, are hers, and uh, when is her time mine? Um, mm-hmm. When do we recognize? Okay, yeah, you need to go do your stuff, and I'm going to go do mine, and that's okay. And uh, you know, we've got what 42, 43 years together now, so we've had a lot of time to practice and, yeah. and work this out with each other and thankfully you know we're, neither is perfect but my point is I think um, it's not just managing time you're right it's it's managing our attention our emotions and our um, our abilities to to focus where we need to focus at any given time yeah so there's that line that we always referenced you know back to like nobody says in their deathbed they wish they'd spent more time at work right but is that because most of us spend so much time at work, right? Like what I mean is if I spend a lot of time relaxing and having fun, right? And hanging out with my family, is it possible that at the end of my life, I'll actually say, I wish I had spent more time at work? <laughs> That's a good question. Um, you know, I, I think you can get to, the, to a point where you wonder if you 
you made the contribution to life that you really could have made. Mm -hmm. Occasionally, I think I hear that from people, but yeah. really not very, not very often. I really don't hear that very often. But here's the thing about work, uh, Clark, and I know you know this. Uh, the statistics tell us over and over again that the vast majority of people do not find fulfillment in their work. They're not in work that is connected to their life purpose and their, their right. calling in life. And so they're just putting in time at work and they don't work. Is, the work is not what, what they find meaning from. Personally, mm -hmm. I find that kind of tragic, but, but, uh, but it is a reality for a lot of people. Uh, and so you have to find something that creates that meaning. In yeah. Your life. Well, I wouldn't say you'll get to the end of your life and, and wish you'd spent more time at work. I don't think anybody will say that. They might yeah. say, I, I, I wonder if what I did had enough meaning and, and made the lives of other people better. So I had this conversation with, the, so Bud Benz, who I interviewed on this podcast, um, who's a, for just for our, I know he, you know who he is, but for the sake of our listeners, is a retired, revered professor at Indiana Wesleyan University. And he said to me one time, he was being nice. He was being so nice to me, but what he said was actually like, it was almost like a twisting of a knife. <laughs> he, said, he said, Clark, uh, he said, Clark, of all my students that, that went through in all my years, you were the one I thought this guy could be president of the United States. And when he said that, he was being nice to me, kind of laughing, like, oh, Clark, you've just chosen a different life. And, but when he said it, I thought, did I, did I blow it? Did I waste my potential? Like, could I have been president if I would have done something different? If I would have chosen a different path? If I would have worked harder? You, you know? Well, what's with the past tense? I mean, I, I don't get the, I don't get that sense. I mean, I, I know why this happens. I think that's the voice that whispers in our ear, like, "Well, oh, you've blown it." Yeah. But, oh my goodness, Clark! If if you end up being president of the United States one day, the years you have put in, the experiences that you've amassed in the last fifteen years are exactly what would make you a great president. Uh, it, it isn't if you'd have, if if you'd have gone through the the traditional pathway that has created the dysfunction that we see today, <laughs> what good would you be in that role? <laughs> so yeah. uh, it is precisely the things you've gone through. And this is what I thought when I was reading some of your posts on Facebook. No, 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 no. No, it's not about, it's not about it being over. It's about almost being ready to start. And, yeah. and everything you've been doing is, has been enriching you as a person. And I don't say this to flatter you. I think this is what happens in those years for us. If we're paying attention, we're observant, we're, we're, we're responding appropriately to the cues that come our way, which you've done. I mean, I watch some of the things you do, and I watch my friends that are coming along that are younger, uh, like you. Uh, and and I, I watch them respond so well, and I'm thinking, oh my goodness, they're, they're just, they're, they're adding richness to their life, to their lives, and that's going to bear fruit. So I fully expect that for you. The journey, you know, it's not, there's no past tense, uh, for you, uh, yeah. what Bud said. That, okay, so what's the difference? Talk to me about the difference between the years 20 and 40 and the years 40 and 60. Same, same period, same amount of time, but what's the difference in the amount of time? Yeah, you know, uh, well, I'm, I'm living, I'm 64. So, uh, you know, that's, uh, 
I'll be 65 this summer. So, so I'm, I'm right in that stretch in the 60s right now. And mm -hmm. uh, it's a really, it's a neat time, Clark. It really is. I, uh, I'm enjoying these years of life and career um, because I feel like I'm, I, I don't know where I am in terms of length of time. So mm -hmm. when I say I'm, I'm nearing the end of this, of this stretch of the journey, I don't know if that means three years, two years, seven years. Uh, so I don't want anybody to you know, interpret wrongly what I'm saying here, but that, that stretch that began when I was 40, and essentially I've been on that same trajectory until now. Yeah. Uh, Huh. I can look back over that and see what has happened, what's been done. Sometimes I wish I'd done some things differently. I wish I'd uh, captured a little bit more. But generally speaking, I look back and I, and I think, well, wow, thank God for everything that, that, that uh, God did through me through those years. I feel, I feel really grateful uh, for that. And I'm at a point of saying, okay, now I can, I can think about the Tying that up, what, what is it, Lord, that you're going to do with me now in these next, whatever it is, uh, yeah. stretch of that journey, and um, and I begin to wonder and think about what comes when there's a when there's an end to this part of the journey, because uh, I think there will be. There's another chapter out there. I'm, I don't know what it is yet. Yeah, uh, I think I'll have more years. I, you know, and uh, so yeah, that, that was one. Be, that was one thing, and like. Uh, came up. I did have a conversation with Dr. Barnes. For those of you, those who are listening to the podcast, his this is the second time his name has come up in an interview. His name came up in an interview with Jerry Pattengale as well. I didn't interview Dr. Barnes for the for the podcast, but he was sort of episode zero. We were he and I were both at um, the ABHE conference, uh, the Association of Biblical Higher Ed, and had lunch. And it was after he and I had had lunch that I actually bought the domain dealing with 40.com. I thought I should have a series of these conversations because it was so helpful talking to him. But um, one thing that came up in that conversation he and I had was him saying, Clark, like you have a, you have a long life ahead of you still. Like he said, Clark, I retired from IWU. Um, when I was, I think he was, what, he's 77 now and he retired 14 years ago, I think. He said, Clark, I, I, was, I wasn't like tired. I didn't, I didn't, wasn't that I didn't have the energy anymore. It was just that I retired because my job was done, right? I, there was no more for me to do there. I had accomplished the work God had given to me and it was time for me to go, but it wasn't like I didn't have the energy all these years to have kept doing that. Um, and it was, yeah, like, wow, I still have a lot of life before me. You're 64, 65, right? So I have 24 years, right? <laughs> Until I get to where you're at. And, but yours here at 64, 65 saying, I, I still have another chapter. There, there's still more to the story. Yeah, I truly believe that. You know, the saying that I've been thinking about and that I pray about is uh, you don't retire from something, you retire to something. Uh -huh. And I'm, I'm very aware, I, I would say it really exactly like Dr. Barnes said it. Uh, there will come a moment when I will know, and everybody will know, my, my time, my, my job I was supposed to do here for IW will be over. I've been given senior leadership to this place for a long, long time. 
yeah. apart from the three years I was in California at Azusa Pacific, another great place. Um, you know, I've been here since 1994 in, in some senior role. So yeah, there will come a moment when it, it'll, it'll be over, it'll be done, but I won't be done. And so right. that same process that I've used all these years to navigate these years, I will use for that. And I am using now, it's like, I'm not ready. I don't think the job's done yet. Uh, and thankfully neither does the board and people are kind to, to still, uh, you know, want me around here, <clears throat> but uh, there will come that moment. And I'll use the same process. Lord, what is it that that journey is gonna be about? And I actually I'm excited about that. You know, one night I was I was thinking about this uh, right before I went to bed, and uh, and so I was I was laying there in the dark, kind of contemplating a little bit and kind of praying about it. Mm -hmm. And uh, there was just a little bit of anxiety. It was like, what will that be about? How um, will I be happy? Will we be happy together, my wife and I? And 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 it was almost like a I don't know how you say it. It's, it was almost like a presence came into my consciousness with a gift of happiness. And hmm. I was just, I was flooded with this sense of happiness. And I would say it was an assurance that God was saying to me, you know, you don't know what it is yet. And I'm not ready to tell you, but it's going to be good. You're going to enjoy it. It'll be fun. And yeah. that changed my way of thinking about that that part of the journey that's uh, down the road. And you know, if for some reason God doesn't give me those years and, and yeah. you know, I, I leave here and go on to heaven one of these days, hey, um, at, least I'm, at least I'm still thinking of the future. I'm not thinking right. of the past. All right, so I wanna uh, make a confession here, something I'm, I'm gonna admit to doing something I'm not supposed to do, right? <laughs> but it's something I think a lot of people do. So I, I like to run, I like to cycle. And when I start, a, a big race there will be a few people when i get into it who i'm like that's who i'm supposed to be with right uh, i should keep pace about with them and and if they if i go for a while and i notice they're getting too far ahead of me I, I i gotta pick it up a little bit and there's two people in my life who i knew when i was 20 who they're for me they're like the guys i look at and, and I'm like, I'm supposed to keep pace with them. And they're just way more successful than me. <laughs> They've had way more career success than I have. And I, I'm trying to figure out how to process and be okay with where I'm at even though I, I haven't had the career success that they have. Well, I, I don't know. Um, yeah, there's a lot you could say about that. Uh, first of all, comparison is, is dangerous. Right. Um, and it can be, it can be helpful using that metaphor of running. Great runners do have people who lead them through stretches yeah. of the race. I know you know that. And so in that sense, yeah, that can be helpful, but, uh, so I think you need to, th I would encourage you and your listeners to think about the way you put that. They have had, they're more successful. They've had more career success than I have. I suspect Clark, that if you had chosen uh, to, to be on a career pathway between, you know, in the last 10 years, 15 years, I believe that you, knowing you, you, you would be able to point to the things that uh, 
measure career success. I don't think you would, I don't think you are where you are today because you failed. I think you are where you are today because you chose. You chose right, certain. I know. And I, I get so frustrated with myself because I, I like say to myself, well, I, I could be there if I would have done this, this, and this. And then I'm like, I would be miserable. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, and, and you know, here's the thing, Clark, you would probably miss the thing God wants to bring you, the things God wants to bring you to be responsible for it in the next journey because you wouldn't have been prepared. Yeah. This is what I mean by when I say being attentive, being observant, being faithful to the things that are brought to you. You know, when you had the choices to spend time with your family, to take your family traveling, to, to do the things you chose. I remember you back in those days when you were, you know, at the Reagan Ranch. And, uh, you know, I, I remember watching what you were doing there, obviously being very impressed with your abilities. But, but as I watched you, there's an authenticity that's come into your life over the last few years that, that you needed to develop. And you could only develop it the way that you've done it, I think, because, because it's your journey. Other people might develop that authenticity on that career pathway. But for you, this has been the way that you've developed that authenticity and preparation as a person, and uh, which, which really sets you up for the things that God is going to do in your life next and, and that God has already done. Don't forget yeah. this. You've got, you've got three brilliant kids. And those children are going to be different in their lives and accomplish things in your lives because of what God had you do for them over the last few years. Right. Yeah. Okay. Um, what were you not at all thinking about at 40 that you should have been thinking about? <laughs> wow, that's a great question. I mentioned earlier, um, I didn't have a plan for finances. Uh -huh. um, I had just kind of, well, I guess the only plan I had, my, my parents drilled into me that God owned what I had and I was, I was a steward of it and I, I should give my tithe. So I, I gave my tithe and my offerings ever since I was a kid. Uh, but that's not really a plan for finances. I didn't really understand how to view money. Um, mm -hmm. I, didn't, I didn't know that, that it, you view it as a tool, that there's nothing wrong with it. Uh, having it is not a bad thing. Mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's the role that it plays in your, in your life that really is important. Um, so I was not thinking about that. And it took some years in my 40s. And again, God bringing me things that I, that I, I didn't know. I didn't know how to think about bringing mentors and teachers into my life. That was a whole process that I had to go through to learn uh, because if you can't manage money runs through your life as a uh, as a as a tremendous platform tool whatever metaphor you want to use and uh, you got to be at peace with it and you got to know how to how to work with it and how to manage it so that was really one thing I would give as an example that I hadn't been thinking about but I had to get serious about yeah yeah get a long-term plan is that, uh, this has come up in a few interviews, this idea that sometimes worry serves us sometimes. And I know worry is a bad word, right? But worry sometimes leads us to take action, right? Like, so you realize at 40 that I don't have a, 
any kind of financial plan for my life and I need to, right? And so a bit of worry actually leads you to take action and it serves you. Well, it's like fear, you know, fear, fear um, in, uh, in the wrong way is, is a negative thing, but actually fear is a gift God's given us to trigger action. So yeah, I think you're right. I think if, if you think of worry in that way, um, it, it leads you to take action to examine what is causing it. If it becomes chronic and you and becomes anxiety, that's uh, chronic. That's that's detrimental and not good. But yeah, right. I think you're right. Well, is there is there anything like is there any parting wisdom that that David Wright needs to share <laughs> that I haven't pulled out of you? Ah, great question. Well, you know, I go back to the things that anchor our lives. And um, for me, it's it's having a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, having my life transformed by the love of Christ in me. Um, everything that I am and, and do, all the relationships I have, start with that. Um, and then seeking out and knowing uh, how God is leading my life and trying to be faithful to that through the years, that daily uh conversation with god that starts in the morning mm -hmm. over a cup of coffee mm -hmm. uh, everything i have said and everything you've heard that is wise and good comes from the loving god who created us and so that's the thing i would encourage everybody you start with your spiritual life and uh, yeah if you're a person who can find your way into that relationship and let god find you that becomes a, a richness a wealth a, a strength that just makes life good. Yeah. All right. Well, I, I appreciate that. And, and this whole conversation has been really uh, valuable to me. And, and honestly, Dr. Wright, the, the little comments that you've posted at times when I just try to be raw, right? Um, in terms of sharing what I'm feeling and what I'm struggling with and the little, the little comments that you've made have truly been meaningful and, and an encouragement to me. And so I appreciate, I appreciate that. Um, and I appreciate this conversation today. Well, it's been a real pleasure. I admire you and uh, watch your life with interest. Uh, love you and, and wish you the very best, my friend. All right. Thanks for being on the show. You're welcome. Bye now. Hey, thanks for listening to the podcast Dealing With 40. I'd love to hear from you. Seriously, I want to hear about you, all right? Your questions, your issues, your struggles, your answers, all right? What you figured out. Where do you find rest? Where do you find peace? Hey, and if you have people you'd love for me to interview on the podcast, please reach out. All right, so my personal email, personal email, clarkvand at gmail.com. That's clarkvand, C-L-A-R-K, V as in victory, a, N is in Nancy, D is in David, clarkvand at gmail.com. All right, you can also go to dealingwith40.com. That's dealingwith40.com. I'd love it, love it, if you'd share this podcast on social media. Share it. And can I suggest the hashtag dealingwith40? Just share it and tag it, hashtag dealingwith40. And please, please leave a five-star review of this podcast on iTunes or wherever you're listening. All right, if you go to dealingwith40.com, you can sign up to receive email updates 
from us as this project grows and evolves. Like, we'll see where it goes. If there's something you're looking for, if you've got an idea, please let me know. Again, email us, clarkband at gmail.com. All right, this podcast is a declaration, a plea, an invitation. All right, it's a declaration to live and seek my destiny, a declaration to become the very best version of myself and to do great things. It's a plea that you would be, please be patient with me and with others. Like, I have issues. I'm insecure. All right, please give me grace and know that if I say something foolish or do something wrong, like, my heart, my heart's in the right place. All right, and remember this of others too. Be kind. I'm guessing, I'm guessing that you have your issues too. So please, please let us affirm one another. Like, I think we probably all spend enough time condemning ourselves. And this is an invitation to join me on the journey. Lean in with me. Share the lessons that you have learned, the perspective that you have gained. Listen to the wisdom shared by the people I interview as a part of this project and commit to being the very best version of yourself. All right, so remember, hashtag Dealing With 40, all right? And sign up for email updates at dealingwith40.com. And again, I'm here for you. If you're processing this stuff as well, reach out and let's connect. All right, that's it. Have a great day.